going to say good evening, but it must be good evening somewhere around the world. Uh, but uh, really good to have you join. Yeah, it is a Monday. It's not um, uh, the weekend. Uh, weekend was, as you know, taking away back-to-back games. We couldn't schedule a show, but we thought we couldn't not have a show after the first week of the IPL. And obviously, Prasan, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, Bharat. Uh, I'm terribly sorry for uh, this inconvenience, firstly, because we do generally do it on a Saturday, but uh, I'm, I'm sure it's very, very early in the morning for you. And uh, But yeah, I mean, great to be back here. A lot to talk about, in fact. So, uh, thrilled to be here. Thanks again. No, no, it's absolutely fantastic. And um, if it means talking to you, and hopefully Shashul might be joining us later as well, it's well worth uh, getting up. It's uh, very dull. I think uh, we've had our summer for definite. Uh, the weather's changed. It's very cloudy, rainy. So this is what I'm going to be expecting or saying for the next six months. How is it in uh, Bangalore? Yeah, it's all good. Um, I mean, like always, Bangalore has uh, four seasons in a day. Uh, in fact, today morning, it was very sunny when I set out for my jog. And now it's like cloud, cloudy and it's going to rain. And in the evening, it's going to be cold uh, like the winter. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, different emotions. I think different uh, different uh, seasons, in, in fact. And that's how RCB's uh, run so far has been as well. So, <clears throat> can't really complain. Well, as an RCB fan, you can't. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, but before we get into the uh, IPL and the restart and how it's been and um, whether... Oh, and guess who's here? Shashwath is joining us. So, let's bring him into the show. Uh, all the way from beautiful Maharashtra, and uh, it's always great to have him. Welcome, Shashwat. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, still a little awestruck after what happened yesterday, but all good now. And still wearing the yellow shirt proudly. I'm not surprised after the uh, week you've had. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in a in a while. But I just wanted. To see, I mean, um, you know, I think Prasan is now the media manager for Virat Kohli. I'm pretty certain of it because he's drip feeding these big news stories once a week. He won't say it in all one in one go, but the latest one from Prasan and Virat is that he's going to step down from the RCB captaincy. I'm not going to come to Prasan for that because I think he was the instigator behind that. Shashwat, your thoughts on that? Because that was a surprise for me as well. Uh, I can speak uh, for the other teams. The other teams might be a little scared now because Virat is no longer captain. But jokes aside, uh, I think uh, this uh, decision was a little logical considering that he had cited his uh, workload management as the key reason behind his T20, stepping down from the T20 captaincy. And uh, had he continued uh, captaining RCB, then it would have raised a lot more questions because on an average, the Indian team plays as many T20s or or fewer T20s than what RCB play in a year. So, if he's citing workload management, I think that was the most logical step for Virat to also step down as the RCB captain. Prasan, why not say in the same news when you broke about uh, stepping down from the national team T20 captaincy? And was there any rumours or chatter amongst RCB media and fans? Um, um, as soon as I ask Brasan about the uh, captaincy, he drops out. I don't know if this is a controversial thing. Living, oh, here we go. He's going to come back, and so he can a- answer the question. We just lost you there, just as I was going to ask you about uh, uh, one of the players that you have ha- started managing, uh, Virat Kohli. I mean, 
was, I was just saying, um, why didn't he say this in the first statement? And uh, was there any rumours or any pressure for him to step down as RCB captain? Yeah, I mean, uh, it didn't come as a surprise to me, honestly. I think, um, in fact, a lot of uh, RCB fans have been asking for it for quite some time because of the lack of trophy in the cabinet. But I think given that he did step down from the India captaincy, it was pretty certain that he will step down from RCB as well. Because obviously, I mean, knowing Kohli, we all know he prioritizes country over IPL or even any other state side for that matter of fact. So, it certainly didn't come as a surprise. Um, in fact, I think it's it's looking ahead to the future because now uh, RCB have a chance to rebuild, maybe even you know consider someone like Glenn Maxwell uh, or even because I mean Devdutt particular is too young to take up the role right away. I mean if, if they do make him captain, um, that would probably be a little bit uh, of, a, of jumping the gun probably. So I, it, it certainly didn't come as a surprise, but I think now the challenge begins to figure out uh, who the next captain can be and. Um, that's where RCB love to be in the auctions, splurging the cash all the time. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, again, we look for a captain in the auction. But that said, we certainly do have a couple of choices uh, in the team right now. And um, it's it's certainly going to be a very exciting auction. And um, who's your money on at the moment? Obviously, I can't see you buying an iconic player in the auction because that would be a fortune. You've already got Virat and um, a, a couple of others. But in terms of uh, if it was meant to be from the current players that will be retained, who would you go for? I, I It wouldn't be too, uh, you know, too far-fetched to probably think of Maxwell as a good captaincy candidate because obviously, um, you know, he hasn't really flourished in the IPL, but uh, it just seems like RCB have unlocked that potential in Maxwell. Obviously, as, uh, as recent as yesterday's game where, uh, you know, he really put in a great performance against the Mumbai Indians. So, uh, he obviously he also does come with that captaincy um, brand to himself as well, having led the Melbourne Stars. Uh, he has the international experience. So, if you're looking at someone, you know, obviously, all-rounders are worth their weight in gold in the IPL specifically. And uh, Maxwell is uh, one of the best in the, uh, in the world in T20 cricket. So, it wouldn't be too wrong to look at Maxwell. But then again, uh, foreign captains haven't really worked out uh, too often in the IPL. So, uh, probably in terms of the Indian contingent, there aren't too many people. Uh, actually, just yesterday, I heard that KL Rahul uh, has begun discussions uh, with the team internally, saying that he wants to be released uh, because of what's happening internally and things like that. And also, Abe de Villiers might be playing his last season of the IPL. So, if all of that is to uh, come together, we might see probably, I mean, even Shreya Sayer, if uh, he doesn't want to be retained by the Capitals. There are a lot of options, but then again, it comes down to the retention. So, um, I probably wouldn't be too surprised if we look at Maxwell as that captaincy candidate. Um, but if it's for an Indian uh, player, then I think there aren't too many options. So, we'll have to make the best of what we get. So, what does uh, Virat come as one of those people that is easily manageable? If you're the captain and he's playing under you? <coughs> uh, I'd rather not comment on that. Uh, but... Uh, knowing uh, how Virat has openly announced uh, the decision to step down from captains, especially as far as RCB is concerned, I don't really think uh, that will be a big problem because the stakes are very, very different when you play for India and when you play for any IPL franchise, whether it be RCB, Mumbai or Chennai. From that perspective alone, I don't think it will be as much of an issue handling Virat, the player, in the IPL. When talking about the Indian team, because of all the murmurs that have been going around and all the rumours that have been doing the rounds, 
it again could be something tricky but then again with virat one thing that you cannot question about him is his commitment yeah and if he remains committed to the cause as he has been so far in his career i don't think that should be as much of a problem until of unless of course the captain who unless of course the incoming captain wants to come in and pick fights i don't really think uh, that is going to be that big an issue as people are making it out we of course it will be awkward but then again we've seen previously how former captains have played under slightly younger captains or captains they wanted to groom while being in the side uh you can talk about uh, when dravid left the captaincy and he was in the team in the test team with ms for 3 years then you had uh, ms playing under virat so there is precedent on that front uh, so i don't really think it should ideally not be an issue if it becomes an issue is another matter altogether yeah well obviously we'll see what how that pans out when the new captains are um you know mentioned and uh, appointed but i think it will be um something else to look forward to if um he can sign out with uh, not only the uh, IPL trophy but the T20 World Cup as well uh so um a lot for his teammates to think about and try a little bit harder on uh but you mentioned the workload chessworth and uh, the BCCI released the home fixtures and what surprised me and you probably both know a lot more obviously than i do but how tough a season this is going to be the playing international cricket of one kind or another and the IPL till june when the south africans come for uh, white ball cricket have we ever played international cricket in june at home uh i certainly can't remember any in recent times because june is usually considered as the onset of the monsoon season so a lot of venues anyway get uh, chopped off because of the possibility of rain but considering that rain hasn't been a factor in whatever cricket has happened over the past couple of months uh, i think that in particular shouldn't be an issue the thing about the schedule is that i am not totally happy with uh, how much cricket we are playing both from a player's perspective and from a fan's perspective as well after a point in time you get to the point of burnout and i'm not just talking about the players i'm also talking about the fans over here so i would have like ideally would have liked for one series or a series and a half to be cut short or no, for us to not play all format series against a couple of sides but uh, then again we are still trying to make up on the losses that we suffered during the covid time when we had no cricket for 6 to 7 months and when we had the ipl that was the only home cricket per se that the bcci had access to full revenue so from that perspective it is kind of understandable but then again we are running the risk of uh, grinding our players into the ground which as, as things stand has become a reality because these players a lot of these players they played in england they played the world test championship final they played a half of the ipl before it they they are now playing the second half of the ipl they are now going to play the t20 world cup as well 3 days later they are going to face new zealand as well Two days later, probably if we make the final and win it, but never, nevertheless, that is not a huge gap, and I'm pretty sure there will be a lot of players who will start picking and choosing the series they want, or the BCCI will start resting them. From a broader perspective, that could perhaps help the Indian team in general, because it will allow opportunities opportunities for youngsters like Gaikwad, Padikal. Venkatesh Iyer, you never know because I was quite impressed with the way he bowled yesterday more than the way he has batted this season. Because of all our 
problems with all-rounders that we are having. Even though we have the best all-rounder in the world, but still the pace bowling all-rounder front is something that <laughs> has been left a little light. Not just because Pandya has not been informed, but because he has simply not been playing. And when he came out to play yesterday, he was swinging like a rusty gate. So yeah, and we'll come to uh, that in a bit. Um, yes. Yeah, so so from a from one perspective, it is fine. So much of cricket obviously gives you more opportunities. But then again, for the people who are actually in the team and who might have to play all of those games at a stretch, I think it is a little too much to ask for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, the number one all-rounder in the country as well. <laughs> um, Prasant, I mean, Sheshwat mentioned the burnout, but this could be a really good opportunity to try our bench strength because our home series against New Zealand, South Africa, West Indies, Sri Lanka, and then South, uh, it, it shouldn't be you know, too daunting a task. Say if we were facing England, Australia at home. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it'll it'll give us a chance to uh, figure out how we can form a team. Uh, you know, once the big guys step down, obviously, uh, half of the Indian T20 team is probably. Uh, I mean, the players are in their early thirties or even thirty-five, thirty-six. So. Uh, we're looking at uh, probably figuring out which of these players, obviously, something similar to what we had against Sri Lanka. Um, players coming in from the IPL, uh, those who perform will be picked. Um, and considering that we also, you know, the fact that the other players who are there in the main 11 will be exhausted from the IPL, the T20 World Cup, uh, it gives us a good chance to figure out which players can do well when uh, really given, given an opportunity. And uh, New Zealand certainly can't be taken lightly because uh, they, they have a world-class team. And even after that, We've got some important uh, series coming up. So, I it'll certainly give us a chance to figure out which players can step up in what sort of uh, a role. And uh, given our bench strength and the way we, obviously, not the ideal of results against Sri Lanka, but given how players performed individually and uh, how they are going in the IPL, I think we might see a very, very different team which takes on New Zealand uh, than what we'll have in the T20 World Cup. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the test in Kampur. It's good to see uh, test cricket back there. One of the historical grounds of Indian cricket. Um, but we can't start the show without not mentioning the Indian women's team, Shashwat. Uh, brilliant performance. I mean, let's face it, they should have won this uh, series 2-1. I don't know how, well, I do know how they lost the uh, second one. But amazing performance uh, down under. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, obviously, when you're talking about the performance in general, it was something that was very heartening to see, considering how dominant Australia have been in ODI cricket especially. But if uh, from the angle that I am looking at, I still feel there are quite a few grey areas that we need to rectify before we start planning for the next 50-over World Cup, which is set to take place in New Zealand. First and foremost, I... I think I have, I'll sound by a broken record if I say this, but I'm not really happy with the way Mithali Raj is batting. Uh, and I put out some literature on that along with some facts on how she has... I don't know if it would be, if it would be very crude to say it, but uh, I have termed it as match-losing knocks. Knocks where she has taken a lot of deliveries, not taken the momentum forward. And rather than taking the momentum forward, she has completely arrested it and sucked out whatever impetus could have been provided which has sort of transferred the pressure onto the others. Her captaincy has also left a lot to be desired, especially in the second game when we were sort of allowing Australia to get the singles and doubles, especially when Megra and uh, Mooney were batting. Uh, there are a few grey areas. I, If you were to ask my opinion, I'd still say I'd like Harmanpreet Kaur to lead us at the 50-over World Cup as well. 
but apart from that there were several positives yastika bhatia looks a very good find and someone who can bat at number 3 someone who can bat in both kinds of situation after a good start as well and when there has been an early wicket she seems to have a couple of years in her plus uh, for someone so young to actually go and uh, stand up in australian conditions was a revelation in itself there are positives for indian cricket uh, i'm just uh, a little skeptical of what the person at the top is doing and if she can actually make the most of the vast resources that we have at our disposal at this point in time because another point that probably gets uh, forgotten in a lot of ways is how mithali raj use, usually uses her spinners especially in conditions like australia and new zealand where the ball is not going to turn a lot the way mithali raj allows people to get those easy singles is probably not something that we want because you can't expect julian goswami to pick 3 wickets 4 wickets every other game as at this point in time our uh, bowling attack is solely reliant on julian goswami mm-hmm. and if she gets any early wickets if she doesn't get any early wickets as happened in the first odi we simply don't have the resources nor are we attacking enough to actually prize out a wicket so there are quite a few gray areas nonetheless i am pretty happy with what i saw and i really hope we can continue it in the test series and the t20 series to follow Yeah, really looking forward to the pink ball test starting this weekend. I take on board everything you say, and a little bit of it, Prasan was on show in the second one. The lack of uh, experience, uh, big match experience, and playing under pressure. But I think there's probably, a, well, not probably. It is down not to have that exposure on a regular basis. I think this is the first time we've had back-to-back series for the women. But it was a very heartening show. I mean, it was frustrating to watch the second one how they let it go, but. fantastic comeback yesterday yeah i mean um, i i think that no ball had everyone talking especially at the time when the ipl was on i thought it was a no ball the world cup and uh, i mean i don't know I'm, i'm still a little bit on the fence but i mean i i think i said i do agree that it probably was a no ball but i think lisa saleka put out a fantastic analysis on twitter where she mentioned a couple of things and the red line blue line uh, basically the gray area within which the umpire had to decide and things like that so but let's face it uh, it shouldn't have gone to that anyway i think um, yeah, yeah, we, we should I have mean, won yeah it, it shouldn't have and uh, that's exactly what mithali raj also said that uh, uh, you know we weren't expecting a no ball on the last ball of the innings uh, you know but i mean it happens that's what pressure does to you obviously uh, they haven't played for such a long time Uh, I mean, even someone as experienced as uh, Jilan Goswami, you know, uh, hadn't played for a long time before that. I mean, it was just the tests. Um, so uh, overall, I think I'm I'm certainly very happy with the way the team uh, operated and they performed. Of course, a couple of issues here and there uh, with uh, Mithali Raj's strike rate and uh, the fact that you know the spinners obviously, I mean, couldn't have much of an impact. Otherwise, I think it was a good performance. Probably the other biggest concern for me in, is in terms of the fielding and the catching. Uh, which we saw obviously wasn't uh, of the greatest quality. Uh, that'll have to be worked out, considering that we have the World Cup coming up, um, and that saving those twenty, thirty extra runs, taking those two, three catches will go a long way in, uh, you know, uh, piling pressure on the opposition. So um, overall, I think otherwise very happy. Uh, I was glad that Julian Goswami hit that f- uh, mm-hmm. final shot. I think it is great to see, you know, that uh, the theater in some sense. You know, if if probably someone else had hit it. Uh, any batsman and it batter had hit it we probably wouldn't have had the same reaction but uh, the fact that julian goswami finished off the game was uh, great to watch so uh, overall uh, uh, i'm not too uh, you know i'm i'm not feeling too negative about the series we could have done a lot of things better 
but i think it's a lot it's a it's a very very big learning curve and um, uh, i think going into the pink ball test uh, there's a lot that can be discussed and um, hopefully we put up a good show although uh, the odds are firmly stacked in favor of australia yeah i think even a draw would be an incredible uh, result so also if i can add something uh, so from what i've seen uh, very recently so the evidence that i'm using is of the six odis that uh, the women's team has played recently three against england three against australia I really feel that uh, we have a potential superstar in Deepthi Sharma. It is just about using her well. She is not that kind. She is not the kind of batter who will come in and start dominating from the start. But if given time to grow into her innings, I feel she has the requisite ability to actually be a middle order rock for us. At this point in time, we are perhaps uh, overestimating her batting and underestimating her bowling. because i really feel that her bowling is her stronger suit as things stand but she definitely has the talent to be a genuine all rounder plus i really hope that uh, india find a way to include sneha rana and uh, jemima rodriguez in as many games as possible because these are two batters who can come and dominate and at this point in time uh, we don't have many batters who can come in and dominate a lot of the owner starts off with smriti mandana and shepali verma and cup completely ends until harmanpreet kaur walks in and mm-hmm. considering the up and down nature of harmanpreet kaur's form i think that is why our batting has been struggling so i really hope we don't get lulled into a false sense of security with the victory that we achieved in the third game rather we'll look at the other areas that were shown up and the other flaws that we need to iron out yeah and um yeah absolutely valid points and uh, but i think it's uh, it's a good trajectory the indian women are on and two very tough away series against england and australia but they they're putting up a, a good show uh one that we can probably talk about um let's move on to the big show that's happening right now uh first weekend i'm not going to talk about your two teams at the moment i want to talk about one team that's worrying me that i thought might be having a a good second half and uh considering how many players are in the T20 World Cup squad you know that adds to the worry Rasan what's going wrong with the Indians Yeah I mean it's it's a little I mean we're in a little bit of a pickle aren't we um obviously Surya not scoring runs Ishan Kishan not scoring runs uh but I I think otherwise we're fairly okay uh, Rishabh Pant needs to find his touch I think um you know he's been slogging a fair bit he's been defending a lot more than he probably liked Uh, Hardik Pandya played his first game yesterday. Um, he was he looked like a he looked like he was full of energy on the field, but with the bat, obviously, uh, fell to that uh, bit of magic from Harshal <laughs> Patel. Uh, but yeah, I, I think otherwise, Hardik Pandya uh, he has to bowl. I think that's more important right now because uh, we need that uh, extra insurance with the ball rather than with the bat. Um, Rohit Sharma sitting in fine. KL Rahul's also uh, got a couple of knocks under his belt. Virat Kohli played a fantastic. Uh, uh not yesterday so in terms of the overall picture i think it looks okay uh, bhuvneshwar kumar obviously needs to find a way to improve his pace i think um he hasn't really had that much of an impact as we'd like um on his return uh obviously a couple of uh, couple of issues overall but i think uh, there are a lot of games to go obviously uh, about uh, i mean how many games have we done 40 40 ish i think we have about 15 16 games to go uh before we enter the playoffs so a lot of chance for these guys to uh, perform a lot better and i i think there's not that it's nothing to really worry uh, so to say uh, obviously they'll they'll probably have their couple of off games but i completely back them to come good and uh, i i mean like i said earlier as well this is probably uh, the ideal squad that we've picked 
uh, barring a couple of choices here and there. So uh, if if Surya Kumar and obviously if Rishabh Pant, Hardik Pandya find form and Guneshwar Kumar picks up wickets uh, and figures out a way to improve his pace a little, I think we should be in a good space. Seshwat, um, you know, um, Mumbai Indians don't often lose three back-to-back games. Um, but like I said, you know, with the, the form of the second-best all-rounder in uh, India at the moment and the form of Ishan, um, worrying signs? Or what, what's going wrong with Mumbai, in your opinion, India? Well, it is uh, quite difficult to actually pinpoint what is going wrong for for the Mumbai Indians because when you look at their squad, you see a squad that is filled with superstars, filled with players that can single-handedly win you matches. For some reason, uh, Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan have gone off the boil a little. I have noticed a couple of changes in the way they've batted also and that is perhaps more worrying for me. Uh, over the years, Surya has been someone who's wanted to take the attack right from the first ball that he faces and especially if he is batting against the spinners, he never gets stuck. In his mind, he even considers a single as a result as a secondary result. He is primarily looking to score off them and looking to score boundaries of them. So far, there has been a bit of tentativeness in the way Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar have both approached their uh, innings this time round. Probably a reason for that could have been the Mumbai Indians' relatively thin batting order. And by thin, I mean the fact that Hardik Pandya was not playing the first couple of games. Krunal Pandya has never looked like a top-level batter to me. Cricketer, batter, anyway. And Kyron Pollard has also blown a little hot and cold. So, that could be one of the reasons why these two have been given a template to be a little more circumspect at the top and uh, knock around the singles and then look for the big strokes. But I feel both of them and their success over the years has largely been reliant upon them being on the front foot from the first ball itself. And if they can uh, rekindle that kind. So, the thing with the Mumbai Indians is they've always been, especially over the past couple of years or three years, they've always been a team that never lets go of the batting intensity or the batting impetus, as we say. They always, whichever bat, bat, batter comes in, he always comes in with a clear mindset. He wants to at least maintain the tempo or increase it. So far, there have been situations where the set batters have not increased the tempo. They've slightly decreased it and when trying to increase it again, they have been dismissed. And when that happens, you get into a vicious loop because the next batter doesn't know how he needs to play. Does he have to consolidate a little or can he be a little more aggressive right at the outset? So, I still feel this is a small blip that the Mumbai Indians are enduring and I still back them to make the playoffs because uh, really? they are the Mumbai Indians. The, yes, I still feel uh, they, they have, what, four games? and uh, They need to win three. I, I wouldn't really put it past them winning all four, to be very honest. Uh, stranger things have happened for the Mumbai Indians. Uh, if I remember correctly, the last time, before 2020, the last time when the IPL was played in the UAE, they lost five on the bounce. Then had that remarkable final game against the Rajasthan Royals where I think Aditya Tare hit James Faulkner for a six and they qualified on net run rate. With the Mumbai Indians, you never know. <laughs> Literally anything can happen. And the only reason I'm backing them so much to come out of this rut is just because of the sheer match winners they have at their disposal. Yeah. I, I feel I feel Pollard has at least one match winning innings left in him in this season at least. I can count on Rohit playing another. So that's two games out of the way. I can probably say Boomerang and Bolt will combine to win you one game. So 
you 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 never really know. And plus, they've played all the difficult oppositions already. They played CSK twice. They've had RCB twice. They've had Mumbai Indians. Uh, sorry, KKR twice, I guess. So their games against SRH. Probably the only difficult game left for them is the one against the Capitals. But then again, by then the Capitals might well, already be celebrating the top two spots. So there could be a let up in in intensity. You never know. So I'm not. Uh, Jumping onto that bandwagon, bandwagon that is suggesting that Mumbai are completely out of it because if any team is not out of it at this stage, it is the Mumbai Indians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, we'll have to see if Kieran Pollard's injury is um, serious or not. He looked a bit in, in discomfort yesterday, uh, but they've got a huge game tomorrow. It is a must-win against Punjab. But um, Prasant, you know. I really feel for the Punjab fans, you know, the team finds new ways of losing. Um, do you have any sympathy for them? Because it happens year in, year out. They find an impossible way to lose and again, it happened again. Well, uh, Sunrisers taught them uh, how to lose even even worse, I think. Uh, you know, a proper bottle job uh, in Sharjah that they ideally should have avoided with... Um, I mean, but let's face it, with Manish Pandey in that side, you know, I mean, I've obviously been a big fan of his batting, um, although that has been uh, primarily in the ODI format. It's For some reason, Manish Pandey just doesn't fit into that T20-11 and uh, it was just unfortunate the way that they played out so many dot balls. I mean, just not him for once. I think uh, the others also struggled a fair bit and Punjab somehow found a way to win. But yeah, that... Uh, that final over from Karthik Tyagi in that game, which uh, Punjab should have absolutely sealed, uh, you know, uh, needing to get 10, 10 runs of those 15 balls and they still couldn't do it, uh, came down to the last over and they still couldn't do it. They, they had uh, Nicholas Pooran even, uh, you know, to finish off. They had Deepak Huda. It's not like they it was, it was Taylanders who were batting. So, I think they need to find a way to get that middle order to score. Um, that's been the biggest problem because KL Rahul's conservativeness comes from the fact fact that there is no insurance in that middle order, low middle order, uh, where players will step up and perform. Obviously, Chris Gale is a bit of a hit and miss. Aidan Markram coming in has added a little bit of solidity, but he's not your typical T20 batsman who will go bang-bang later on. Uh, that's probably a role that Nicholas Puran has to play, but again, um, he's barely found a way to score runs in the whole of this IPL, uh, except in the last game where he uh, hit a 6, I think, or that was a previous game. Um, so, I, I think that's the problem with them, that they need to figure out a way by which they can obviously, uh, you know, score runs because their bowling looks pretty okay. Uh, they've got Shami, they've got Ashdeep, Harpreet Bas doing a good job. Ravi Bishna was fantastic in the last game against Sunrisers. So, their bowling is shorter. I think they need to certainly figure out a way by which uh, the middle order scores a lot more runs and everything's not uh, dependent on Kiel Rahul and Mind or the world. Yeah, yeah, but you know, <laughs> you lose your fingernails watching Punjab at the end. You think um, a score that's easily achievable, then they find a way of losing. But uh, we'll we'll see how they they, they, they bounce back really well against uh, SRH, like you said. So, uh, but uh, Sheshwat, in terms of uh, team and couple of players that really you know shone in the last week is KKR. They've turned their fortunes around. Where they're back in competition seriously into getting to. The elimination round. Um, I don't know if you can tell me anything about uh, Venkatesh Iyer and Raul Tripathi, who you know. Let's face it, I'm not fully conversed with in terms, but they've had an incredible first week. When talking about Venkatesh Iyer, I was fortunate enough to speak to his uh, current uh, Ranji Trophy coach, uh, Mr. Chandragant Pandit, and I had a good chat with him. And he talked to me about. Uh, 
how he was the one who actually pushed venkatesh ayer to open in 2020 before that venkatesh ayer was batting at number 6 at number 7 your ideal uh, domestic all rounder bats a little bowls a little but does not does does not do enough to win you games single handedly but since he has been pushed up to open i think his ability has been there for everyone to see both in the ipl and in domestic cricket a lot of people might not know this but before his uh, knock against rcb his last white ball competitive innings was a 198 against punjab in the 50 over domestic competition so that certainly tells you and he was dismissed in the 47th over in that game so that tells you that you have a batter over there who knows how to increase the tempo who knows how to maintain that tempo and who knows how to be fearless and aggressive so from when talking to mr chandrakant pandit he said that he wasn't at all surprised with what venkatesh ayer has been achieving and for people that have watched him live a lot of people might have similar opinions as well because he is someone who looks to bat without fear obviously there will be a period where bowlers start working him out a little more like it happened yesterday a lot of his runs against rcb and mi came square of the wicket what csk did yesterday was they took the square of the wicket options out of the equation they had deep point on the fence and they had deep square leg on the fence and it was only after he had played three dabs to third man that the third man went out but still the line was a lot closer to the body and uh, that is something that obviously he'll have to find a way through but i feel there is something in there for india to be interested in the national team to be interested in plus the fact that he came into bowl in such a pressure situation and rarely gave his length away was also very heartening so i definitely think there is a top class cricketer in there somewhere i really really hope that uh, when the next ipl auctions come around he goes to a team where he will play more regularly or as regularly as he's doing in the second phase of the ipl and uh, continues to have that much responsibility because by the looks of it he doesn't seem someone who likes to run away from responsibility rather he seems to embrace it so those are the characters we need to groom for the future as well Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's really given momentum to KKR with the starts he's given, um, and uh, Ian Morgan with his captaincy has really brought them back into contention. And um, we'll see how they go. And it's a double header tomorrow as well. So two big games for uh, KKR against the Capital, more for KKR, and obviously for Mumbai Indians against um, uh, Punjab. So two games tomorrow to look forward to. That we'll uh, see how the rest of this tournament pans out for those teams. But in terms of uh, RCB Prasan, how was your Friday? Did Shashwat leave you alone? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I didn't hear the last part. I was just saying, how was your Friday? Did Shashwat leave you alone? Not too many comments. Yeah, I'm, uh, no, I mean, uh, we. I, I don't think we've ever discussed a match in length uh, ever in the past. Uh, it's more of uh, ideas that we can do to keep the uh, content running on the website. But yeah, I mean. Uh, obviously, it's never nice to lose a game against CSK. Uh, But you must be used to it. Yeah, I mean, after that that loss in uh, in Wanke Day when uh, Jadeja absolutely took Harshal Patel apart, um, it wasn't going to be a surprise if we put in a similar performance because I think every time RCB plays CSK, there is something that uh, you know pulls up the CSK players' motivation. I mean, I don't know what it is, but. it just seems like we we can't get over them but yeah i mean uh, csk have had a fantastic resurgence uh, since a the better captain uh, probably base to start it <laughs> um so 
Yeah, I mean, I, it, it wasn't too surprising. I, I think we have sort of got immune to this right now. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I think yesterday's loss would have probably hurt a lot more than the loss against uh, CSK. Uh, but I, I think given that we did win yesterday, it puts us in a good spot uh, to finish in the top four. So, yeah. uh, the win against CSK did hurt. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's something that's happened in the past a lot of times. So, it didn't really matter much. Well, there's a reason the mentor beat the mentee, I suppose. That's the way life is at the moment. Uh, but uh, talking about yesterday, um, it's incredible always when you come across a live cricket match and you some, see something special. Hat-tricks are always uh, something special, just like six sixes. Um, Harshal Patel, he's didn't have the best of starts, but he came back big yesterday, Prasan. And really, I mean, you, I think you were going to win the game anyway by that time. But uh, still, brilliant bowling performance back. It was tough to say, you know, because Kyron Pollard has uh, has pretty much won a lot of matches for Mumbai against RCB. Uh, he's done it a lot of times in the past. So, it was important to get him out. Obviously, uh, you never know when Hardik Pandya also can change matches with the bat. So, it was key for, uh, for us to sort of get both of them out and out uh, really quickly within a good uh, span of time. And Harshal did that in two balls, you know, first... Uh, First got Hardik and then Pollard with that uh, beautifully set up delivery. Actually, um, he had a well spread out field and uh, beat. I, I think it it reminds me of what Sam Curran did to Russell as well. Um, the last time around, you know, bowling on the leg stump and sort of cramping him for that room. So it was a great bit of bowling from Harshal. It just seems like um, he has his love affair with getting Mumbai batsmen out because the last time we played Mumbai, he took five for twenty seven in the first game of this season. Uh, this time he took four wickets and uh, he's on 23. I think just nine away from Bravo's record for the most wickets in a season. Um, so it just seems like Harshal steps up every time we play the Mumbai Indians. It was a very very key moment in the game, in fact. Um, but overall, I think if if someone who picked up a hat trick didn't win the Man of the Match award and someone else did, it just speaks volumes of the amazing game that we had. Uh, but yeah, Harshal's. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, he's been backed by Kohli to play that role, and he certainly enjoys it. Uh, because we've spoken to him quite a few times in the press conference and he keeps saying again and again that he loves to bowl those tough overs, loves to bowl to the tough batsmen. And even yesterday, you know, the, the way he spoke about that hat-trick ball, he said, if the two batsmen didn't read my uh, my slow ball, then there was no reason why a bowler should have read it. So, um, And that's uh, that's actually exactly what he bowled uh, even in the previous, uh, previous time he was on a hat-trick against Mumbai. But uh, Janssen found, just found a way to play that out. Uh, uh, I mean, or rather not get out. So... Uh, it was great by Harshal. I think it was very important in that moment to pick up those two important wickets and uh, very glad with the way the match panned out. Yeah, absolutely. Great game and great to see that hat-trick as well. Beautiful ball to get Chahar out. Uh, but uh, amazing finish with your boys as well, Chester. Uh, Sir Jadu keeps producing. Uh, incredible knock yesterday that turned the game completely round for you guys because uh, KKR won top there. Uh, I'll uh, actually be. I, I'm assuming we are talking about Jadeja, so then I can start off with my eulogy for him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because uh, because I, uh, it, it is no surprise that I rate Jadeja very highly across all formats, and this IPL has actually proved proven that he is uh, easily India's best finisher at the moment, and perhaps the second or the third best finisher in the entire IPL as well. Off the bat, I can probably put only A.B. De Villiers above him, both in terms of the consistency and the strike rates that he has managed in the past couple of years. 
uh, I, I was actually writing an article yesterday and uh, I don't really like to do publicity of my articles but anyway I'll give you a few stats from that piece and uh, pra- Prasen also read it because he only edited it <laughs> so when we are talking about uh, the death over strike rate from let's say the start of the 2020 season Jadeja has a strike rate of 211.11 wow which is very very big and which is very very high considering the number of runs that he has also scored he has scored 304 runs at a strike rate of 211.11 the only other person to have a strike rate in excess of 200 and to have scored more than 200 runs is ab devilliers but wow. then again we don't really look at jadeja as a finisher like ab devilliers do we so i think it is really important that we invest in jadeja at the batter at this point in time because he's perhaps at the peak of his powers he has developed a mechanism to outthink the bowler this has not happened once this has happened twice thrice more than three times actually he's actually gotten into the head of the bowler because yesterday when prasid krishna started off with yorkers the prasid krishna's thinking was not wrong to actually test jadeja with a relatively shorter delivery what jadeja could have done and what could have proved to his detriment was that he could have walked across or gone back the way and uh, try premeditated thinking that a yorker was on its way but what jadeja did was jadeja actually set himself up that was a little shorter in length he then got inside the line of the ball and then he cracked that six over deep square leg and once that first six goes in the 19th over or the 20th over when you need 14 or 15 runs per over it is the baller who is under pressure yeah. especially when you have batters like jadeja or once upon a time ms in the, at, in the middle once that happened then you can't really blame prasid krishna for cracking and then bowling uh, that length ball because he is very young let's face it and when someone like jadeja is going at full tilt uh, trust me it is a very very difficult task to keep to and once you have two sixes in that over, then the baller is completely rattled. Morgan does not know. Morgan basically does not know what to do because he has been bowling with the longer boundary to the offside. He wants his bowler to bowl offside. Then he bowls offside and then he still concedes a couple of boundaries. So that just tells you the range of strokes that Jadeja has. And even though he's not a 363 batsman per se as someone like an ABD Villiers, he still has enough degrees in his batting to be a real asset for us at the T20 World Cup. And I really, really hope that we put more faith in his batting abilities and actually unlock the finisher that he's capable of. Plus, one thing that has uh, impressed me the most about his recent performances is how he has handled pressure. Mm. A lot of these situations, you talk about the 37 run over against Arshan Patel or you talk about yesterday's hitting or the game that he pulled off or the victory that he pulled off against KKR in 2020 as well. In most of those situations, he was the player under pressure. Yet, he almost instantly transferred it onto the bowler and once that happens, then Jadeja is perhaps one of the cleanest hitters that we have. So, there are plenty of signs that we need to use him a lot higher. Not higher, but in better situations. Only time will tell if we actually do it. But in my eyes, I think uh, he is simply the best all-rounder in world cricket at the moment, especially with Ben Stokes uh, not playing and uh, we don't really know how far away he is from coming back into action. I think Jadeja is head and shoulders above everybody else in the cricketing field across formats. T20 cricket, you might be tempted to make a case for Andre Russell and Kyron Pollard, but in terms of consistency and in terms of the value they 
value these people bring in all three facets because it is very uh, easy to forget what jadeja did with the ball yesterday as well yeah. because on a, on a 170 versus 170 track he bowled at an economy rate of 5.75 i'm not no 5.25 he conceded 25 21 runs took uh, took the important wicket of uh, rahul tripathi just at a time when he was looking to accelerate he was pretty special against rcb as well in a game where the spinners were actually going the distance uh, he bowled very very well kept the runs down and brought back the momentum so there are enough signs obviously you'll not get you'll not see jadeja ripping through batting orders unless there is a lot of turn on offer but then again he is still very very capable even when when the wicket is flat and when you just want someone to arrest the momentum so that others like bumrah or shami can or varun chakravarty for that matter can take up the wicket taking mantle yeah no brilliant eulogy uh, of uh, uh, sir jadu absolutely can't disagree with anything like that and percent when you've got sir coming in if sir doesn't get you lord will so csk are going to be really tough uh, in the uh, latter stages but uh, i have to mention um, quickly uh, varun chakravarty's ball against ms pretty special he has him on a screen to be very honest <laughs> What is that? What he says? Sorry, I, sorry. I, I, I said Varun has MS on toast at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone can get MS out. I think if we go and bowl, I think we. Oh <laughs> no, you're being a bit harsh on. Unless it is an RCB bowler, uh, maybe send. Not uh, dismissed by RCB. Shardul Thakur, Rasku, and uh, Deepak Chahar after him, and maybe Dhoni after after uh, <laughs> Deepak Chahar, considering how Chahar played in Sri Lanka. So. Yeah, I mean, but Varun, I mean, obviously, a fantastic asset, uh, not only to KKR but the Indian team as well. Uh, Kohli spoke about uh, how important he'll be in India's uh, campaign, and uh, I think we spoke about it last last show as well, where we discussed that you know if he walks, I mean, if he plays in the side, uh, he could be quite a big uh, weapon for us against Pakistan in the first um, E20 World Cup match that we play. So. Uh, he's got great potential i think um, he's really blossomed uh, under uh, dinesh karthik in in the sense that karthik obviously keeps backing him from behind the sticks um, and they come from the same state as well so uh, it, it, it it's always good to see um, chakravarty do well i think he's he's one of the rare uh, mystery spinners that we've produced in a long long time so uh, it's good to see him do well and uh, hopefully he continues that and carries that momentum on into the t20 world cup also Yeah, absolutely. Um listen, it's 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 good to be in the places where our teams are at the moment. We can relax for the next two weeks because CSK are going to be in the elimination team. The Capitals are going to be there and even RCB are going to be there. So, enjoyable last two weeks and uh you know, no pressure on your boys or my boys and uh it's been a really good first week, you know. It's kept the enthusiasm going and we've really enjoyed the having the crowds back as well. They've added to it, but uh, even more I've enjoyed speaking to you on a Monday morning. What a great way to start listening to Prasanna and Shahzad talk about cricket. Can't get better than uh, this. Also, also, if I can <laughs> add something uh, on this, uh, when you're talking about the qualification scenarios, before that, a uh, slight uh, stat check: uh, MS has not been dismissed by any RCB bowler this season. Uh, never, this season, nevertheless. and <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless talking about the qualification scenarios i think the rest of the pack might be wanting uh, the chennai super kings and the delhi capitals to pull away right now because if both of those teams hit the 20 point mark i think uh, one team will get through on 14 with a very health, with a decent net run rate kkr at the moment net, 
now yeah not the kind of net run rate that rcb had prior to yesterday or mumbai has currently but a net run rate even like what uh, the rajasthan royals have or the punjab kings have i think a slight improvement on that could get them uh, across the line on 14 points that is also one of the reasons why i think mumbai can still make a fist of it because i can't really see csk and dc losing a lot of steam henceforth and only ending up on say 18 points or 16 points they are already both of them are already on 16 both of them have four games to play and you'd back them to win at least two of those so if both of those teams end on 20 and rcb get a couple of more wins under their belt and you have rcb at 16 i think you will have one team qualifying at 14 well assessment has just added a little bit of pressure to rcb there saying he there's two confirmed rcb are not confirmed when not and rcb are under pressure I think the fans <laughs> are more under pressure than the team itself so uh, well guys yeah. no absolutely fantastic again speaking to you and i said great way to start the week um continue enjoying the cricket and stay safe and uh, no doubt we'll catch up again very soon thank you guys take care thanks thank you